Moncrief on News Talk. Time for Tell Me Why with Graham Finley. If you have a question for Graham, you can send it as usual to afternoon at newstalk.com. Today's question Why does the other queue always seem to move faster than the one you're in? And Graham joins us now on News Talk. Afternoon, Graham. Afternoon. Is there an actual science of queuing? There's a massive science of queuing. It's something which um, anthropologists and psychologists and economists and mathematicians have studied quite intensely because queuing is important and it's important to businesses who are prepared to pay for this research. So, I mean, a lot of it has literally been done by Disney uh, with its theme parks to try and make the crazy experience, which I've never had, of of queuing for for half an hour for one ride, Mm. you know, as good as possible. Really, that's about it. Um, and it's also got lots of virtual applications. And so the, the person who figured out the best way to queue or for businesses to set up the queuing uh, system was a Danish uh, mathematician who sorted things out in 1926 for the Copenhagen Telephone Exchange. which And he determined that having multiple operators, this is back when operators had to connect you, multiple operators who were all at the head of a long sort of serpentine queue. And you'll recognize that from your recent experience. Some of you may be in a serpentine queue. You know, one which snakes back and forth, which then goes to multiple tills at a supermarket or at at a shop of some kind. You know, he realized that was the fastest way to go because, you know, People would be least inconvenienced by a delay in one particular call or a really long call in a particular thing. So everybody, you know, that, that, that's what works for people the best, right? Um, but that's not the system you'll have noticed you're in right now if you're in a supermarket. Um, mm. There, there are usually multiple tills uh, with multiple lines. And sometimes the sort of governance of those lines is kind of left up to the customers, which is one of the other things which can, can lead to conflict, possibly today and, and tomorrow and the next day. Uh, and uh, and that's when you get the question, you know, why do they always seem like they're moving faster? The, the line I'm not in is moving faster. Uh, and sometimes that's because it really is moving faster. You just chose the wrong cue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and, uh, and that's because partly it's a good mathematical problem. If there are four cues, and um, what's your chance of choosing the fastest one? Well, it's 25%. Yeah. Right? So it means... You know, the, the, the chance that you're going to get the, the right one, you know, is the odds are against you, really. Um, and again, it's very hard to read which cue is the fastest one. But the main reason it seems like that is it's a psychological illusion. If you're going through the fast cue, then you're not noticing the cue, right? You're not focusing on it. If you're standing in a cue and, and you really have nothing else to do, you know, we really hate that. Like, it's really quite painful for us. Why? Uh, and and we and we are looking around, and um, we are associating um, the cues, any movement in other cues, um, with the most important thing, which also is apparent to us, which is us, right? So, so we're the most salient thing for us, as they say, in our environment. <clears throat> and if we associate us waiting that that painful thing with the movement of other cues, then uh, then we it, it really does look like it does seem like it's always the case that I, I'm in the wrong queue, right? So, so that association is quite powerful. Um, and again, it, it really is down to how we perceive things, how we perceive time. So we, we perceive bad, you know, bad things are much, much more important to us and, and, we, and we care a lot more about them than, uh, than we care about good things happening. And so you know, it's quite painful for us to be bored and, and, and you know, wanting to get on with our lives and things like that. And, uh, and so 
you know, we really, it really sticks out for us and we remember it much longer. People remember, um, you know, times they've had to wait much more than they remember times when they didn't have to wait. Um, people overestimate how long they spend in queues, um, you know, how long they've waited. Um, and again, so all of these things sort of build up over time. Um, and it leads to, to people, you know, being quite distressed and especially in a, in a, in a world where we queue so much, uh, even virtually, you know, these kinds of things really do uh, seem like big parts of our lives. Yeah. OK. So so, but I, I suppose a lot of the time you might be in a supermarket and you say, Ooh, which queue will I go into? And and in, and you think, mm, I'm going to bet on this one. And invariably, it's the other one that, that moves quicker. Um, yeah. And again, uh, there are some ways you can try and improve your situation. Right. So, um, I mean, one of the things which is true is in a, in a supermarket, most people are right handed and they seem to go towards the right handed queues. Right. So so go left instead of right. If you get to one of these big multiple queue situations. Right. Um, there's lots of other things you can do. What's really interesting is that, again, people focus on, on the on the negative. And so the fact that the, the queue to your left is going faster, you're in the middle, say, um, and the queues to your right are going slower. You don't care about those people on the right, right, who are, are even worse off than you. Mm. You know, you're focused on the speedy people <laughs> on the left. I mean, they've, they've studied all this. We're not just, just making this stuff up. You know, we're, we're, they, people say this. People, um, there are all sorts of norms surrounding queues, right? So people get just as upset. They're actually queuing for a U2 concert, of all things. Um, people get just, just as upset by people um, behind them skipping into the queue or, or moving up in the queue or, or sneaking into the queue as they are about people in front of them, even though it doesn't make them any, you know, uh, slower to get to the U2 concert or, or less likely to get tickets for the U2 concert. Um, so, so people really have internalized these kinds of norms. This also is a feature of, of something which happens in supermarkets a lot, which is when they open up a new till, Right, that's always a very exciting. Oh moment. yeah, you have to move like grease lightning though to get in. And the people who who get in there, right? You're you're fourth in the queue, but you're you're the first in the new queue, right? They really like that, but not as much as the people they just went past really hate them for doing it. So, so it's um you know it's all very complicated. And again, supermarkets, big shops, Disney, all Disneyland, all this kind of stuff. They really care about these things, so they try to try to make it so that you have as little frustration as possible. Mm. Um, another psychological—I will tell you how to, to some further tips about succeeding. In we can we can but. get to that, but the the ways that they kind of distract people or make it seem like it's less painful. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's really really interesting. A really famous case is the case of Houston Airport, where they got a huge number of complaints about how long people were waiting for baggage. Uh, and so they said, okay, well, we'll make get more people to deliver the baggage and it'll become more efficient. And they got the, the number down, but they still kept getting the complaints. And so they went and, and this is why anthropology is really important. They went and just watched people and people would walk one minute to the, to the um, baggage carousel. Remember when we used to do that? Mm -hmm. um, and then <laughs> seven minutes waiting at the baggage carousel for their bags. Right. And, and people really don't like waiting. So what they did is they put the baggage carousels really far away from where the planes <laughs> landed. And, and this explains airports to you. If, you, ah. if you've been in an airport, um, lucky dogs, you know, um, and so they'd walk seven minutes to get to the baggage carousel and one minute waiting for their bag. And people were delighted. Complaints went away. Right. So, I mean, the same thing is done. Disney will say, look, it's 45 minutes to get on Space Mountain, a very famous roller coaster. Uh, but in fact, the wait's probably 30 minutes. And so you feel delighted when you you uh, you it's only 30 minutes to get on a ride. Right. Because, you know, in many ways, your feeling about the queue is 
is determined by the final few minutes or moments of the queue, right? So if you suddenly rush through into that newly opened till, you know, you're going to have feel great, right? Whereas if, you know, your, your big wait was just at the beginning of the, at the end of the line, when you're just about to get on Space Mountain, you know, then you're going to have a really negative experience and a negative memory of that. Um, and again, all of these businesses are trying to keep people from, from feeling that, uh, and and so in many ways, that's one one thing people really don't like. You, people really suffer when they're at the back of the queue. There's nobody behind them, even though it makes no sense at all, right? That that there are people behind you does not make you go any faster. Um, and so you'll notice if you're online trying to wait for something, you know, people will they will tell you you're fifth in the queue, right? Mm. But you won't they won't say you're a fifth of five callers in the queue. Yeah, or 5,000. And again, one thing not... Yeah, but the the experience of queuing, have they they noted whether, if it's in the physical real world, now, if I'm in a queue, personally, if I'm in a queue, and I see people around me who are also queuing, uh, and while it's frustrating, it's not as bad as, uh, as if I'm on a phone. And I'm being uh, uh, constantly told that my call is important to whomever faces this corporation I'm trying to ring up. I don't care if their call is important to them or not. Just get me to talk to a human. That I find that far more frustrating because it's so disembodied. Yeah, that's that's really alienating. And I think it's just like getting a, a robo voice at the end and not being able to get a person. I'm one of those people who just starts screaming, person, human being, <laughs> into the phone at that point. Uh, again, this is why a lot of companies know that. And it's actually kind of interesting because sort of being on a phone, is which we're all on all the time now, has made physical queuing better in a way. Um, people no longer form the communities they used to form in queues. And in fact, you'll, you'll feel a lot better about your queue if you're talking to people around you. Now, you're not really supposed to be doing that, and you're not supposed to be you know, less than two meters away from them these days. But you know, the other ways to make yourself feel better about queuing would be to read the magazines, which you know, people used to do. But now we're all on our phones in queues, and maybe we feel better about it. But when we're on our virtual queues on our phones, you know, I, in a way, it, it's focusing our attention because, you know, you, you never know when that, that important thing is going to, to happen and they're going to pick up and you can finally pay your bills or whatever. And, and so that's why so many places are offering to call you back because they know that you really hate that. So, so um, they know that if they, they'll tell you how long the wait is because it feels better if you know how long the mm. wait's going to be. If you just have no idea, that's a real source of stress for people and, and it makes you feel negative thoughts towards the company or the thing you're queuing for. Also, if it's an important thing, we'll queue longer. Um, and we'll even let people go ahead if we think that, you know, they have, um, you know, less stuff than us or whatever they're purchasing is, is you, know, le- you know, less important. And so there's lots and lots of different norms surrounding, you know, what people will queue for and how they feel about the service at the end. Um, there's a there's a lot of interesting things about who you should queue behind yeah. uh, if you want to if you want to to succeed and if you want to go quickly. Um, again, people will people think that we should let people with maybe one item, you know, go ahead of the, the person with you know 100 items and so forth. But if you're queuing, you should think about getting behind the person with 100 items because and it seems counterintuitive, but it takes pretty much the same amount of time to check out uh, one person. Um, you know, give or take a few minutes as, as any other, even if they have three items versus 100 items. Uh, so if you're in a long queue of, of people with three items, then, you know, that's going to take longer than, than one guy with a full, full supermarket. Um, if you're um, 
if you're behind a man, that's you're, you're in luck because men are much more likely to leave a queue than women. So you might be able to move mm. up. Um, but but again, the best. What thing about would be age? Be, I must say, I'm yeah. totally ageist. When it, I, I won't I won't get behind people who seem elderly or frail. Yeah, I don't I, want to 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 sort of um, be discriminatory here. But some there have been suggestions that maybe older people are associated. Now, this could be one of those psychological illusions I was talking about at the beginning. You know, with slower with delays in queues because maybe they will have for quite reasonable reasons, difficulties with some particular aspect of the purchase. Right? Mm. You know, they might be slower to put it in the cart or they might have more difficulty working uh, credit cards or whatever. Um, cash is faster than, than and credit or debit cards. But I'm not I'm not going to go there on, on, on the older person front. OK, um, so yeah, uh, will, you, will, you, will you go to gender? Cures, is, right? is gender a factor here, Graham? Some Q experts suggest that sort of female um, cashiers are faster. Now, I didn't find any data to support that, so I'm, I'm really not totally willing to diss the, the, the army of male cashiers out there, um, uh, some of whom in my local supermarket are lovely, I should say, hmm. really, really friendly people. But unfortunately, very chatty cashiers um, take more time, right? Uh, and so you might want to avoid yeah. the chatty cashiers. Lines which go out of sight, so the cashier isn't always getting the feedback about how long the line is, those take longer. Um, and again, whatever, so, so, there, so go to the left and, and so forth. Whatever you do, don't switch cues, right? We'll have to be under this tremendous psychological pressure to switch cues, um, especially if we're at the back of the line. But um, that is almost always a bad result, and, and people will spend 10% longer if they if they switch cues um, thinking that the other queue is going faster um, and then if they switch back it's something like 67 percent longer right so never do that never switch cues every time you switch cues you're just you're just going to make it longer for yourself and again the shortest the best kind of queue is that serpentine queue but people don't want it because it it looks longer yeah Even if it's, it takes less time we're bad judges of that, and it looks longer, and people will avoid it. They'd rather stand in a in a in a multiple queue than go for that serpentine queue. The uh, you know, and this is actually what's one of the interesting things about this. And there's this guy David Andrews who's actually written an entire book on this subject. Um, but you know, is that queuing is a relatively modern phenomenon? Apparently, people in the Middle Ages didn't queue, whereas in 19th century France, um, especially uh, you know, it, you know, in, in the New Republic where people were supposed to be on a sort of equal footing, having gotten rid of the aristocratic system, people started to queue. And that's why it's a French word, which means tail, or at least originally meant ah. tail. Um, and, um, uh, and, and that's why a French word for, is the one we use in these islands for standing in line for something. Right. Okay. Now, uh, I just want to read you a, a few texts to you. One, you know, you may have a particular opinion on. Uh, Julian says the fastest queue is the one you just got out of. That's true. Uh, Paul says there's nothing scarier than the stampede of people when Lidl announced they're opening a new checkout. Every man for themselves. Uh, somebody else says COVID has really brought out the passive aggressive cures, the huffs, the side eyes, the judgment, hateful stuff. Uh, John in Mayo says my friend and I paid for the express queue at the Empire State Building about 10 years ago. We were escorted past four rooms of people in the normal entry queue. I still think of those chumps to this day, uh, says John. Yeah. Uh, um, and that's, and that's really important. Fairness is the biggest norm in queuing. And so all those special sort of systems where people jump the line, it may feel good for the people who can afford it, but mm. it does rile the people in those rooms. And when people were actually really wealthy, people were paying sort of 
homeless people to stand in line for them at Space Mountain. That was seen as sort of a complete moral bankruptcy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and Dean says, I used to live in Toronto and would bet my house that if queuing were an Olympic sport, Torontonians would win gold every year forever. Is well, that... I'm from Toronto. And yeah. so I can tell you, we are a very orderly society. We do, we do queue. Um, it's sort of the residual empire thing in Canada, which is much remarked upon. Um, and, and, you know, there is this particular moral reaction of Torontonians, which is characteristic of Canadians as a whole, which is passive aggression. And Stanley Milgram, who's famous for much more bizarre and, and scary experiments, um, one of his other experiments was people barging in queues. And so what he did was he had his graduate students and, and himself, they would just go around and cut their line and jump into queues and stuff like that. Um, and, and nobody really confronted them. They were really surprised. Mostly people would comment to each other about, about, about how awful they were, but they didn't confront them, even though they were being absolutely outlandish, right? But, but the actual experimenters, I don't know if Stanley Milgram felt this way, but his graduate students certainly felt like terrible doing this. It was really hard on them <laughs> to be sort of serial queue cutters, but that's probably because they were mostly Canadians. Yeah, but Canadians... A Canadian argument sounds like a polite conversation in many other countries. That's true. No, it's a country where people like where apologize to you if you step on their toes. Right? Yes. <laughs> and I'm really sorry about that awful stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> Graham, uh, happy queuing and a happy Christmas uh, as well. Uh, we'll talk to you uh, in the new year and Graham will be featuring as well on our Christmas Day show. Uh, Graham Finley there. Moncrief on News Talk.